you right now. Call it out to all every group. We gon' make it all happen right here, right now. Call it out to all every group. We gon' make it all happen right here, right now. Call it out to all every group. We gon' make it all happen right here, right now. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Today we have Rachel Taylor, lead singer for the band He Is We. We had actually planned to do this conversation in person a month or so ago uh, in Salt Lake City, but unfortunately Rachel was having some vocal cord issues in the moment and we weren't able to make it happen. However, now may actually be a better time to talk, because over the course of the last month, He Is We has dropped a new EP called Hold My Heart, which is available on iTunes and everywhere great music is sold. Additionally, the band has booked an international summer tour spanning sea to shining sea in the U.S., beginning in their more or less hometown of Seattle, and taking them all the way to jolly old England and back again. With all that said, and without further ado, meet our guest, Rachel Taylor. Rachel, welcome to the show. Hello. And thank you for coming on and making time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, we're yeah, stoked to make this work. Guys. So as we alluded to in the in the title, we had actually come to a He Is We show. Uh, they were playing with a band called Vendetta Red, who we actually did end up interviewing that day. So if people go back and listen to the episode, they can they can catch the interview with uh, Vendetta Red. But we had actually come out to meet with He Is We. However, poor Rachel was having some uh, vocal difficulties that day and had been rushed uh, to the ER on the, the day that we were supposed to meet. Yeah, you were, you were kind of having a rough time at that show. It, it, uh, was that kind of wrapping up the tour or was that just kind of an off night? So, yeah, that, that happens every single tour. I, I can't think of one musician that has made the drive from yeah to Seattle to yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, but, yeah, I mean, I've done a little bit of time on the road with some different bands I've managed in the past, and uh, and yeah, I mean, if there's one thing you get, it's sick just about every time. <laughs> and for the uh, oh, the vocalist, yeah. it's got to be extra hard. Yeah, I, I don't even like just doing a show a day and trying to stay on top of everything. You know, I uh, Ryan Caraveo had the same issue. He he was having his throat was bugging him right before his set and uh seems to be must be the the salt lake air <laughs> yeah i think it's the the going up and down and up like the altitude stuff you yeah just, i think you're I right sound like i'm in the midst of puberty <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Well, so to give a little background on He Is We, the band is out of sort of northern Washington, correct? Yes. And so where did you guys start from? And can you give us a little background on the band, where you came from, how you found your way into the music biz? Yeah. So um, I used to skip class a lot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) High school time frame. Oh yeah, like uh, and I would teach myself how uh, to play guitar, um, and I would do that in the locker room. And I remember my friends from weekend out um, over different bands that were coming into town and stuff like that. And I told them, you know, not to not to idolize the person, but understand that he was. He was we, and like I said it, and then I said it again, and like I really meant it, and then the name he is, and the name just sort of stuck, huh? Born, yeah, and then was this this was uh, up in the San Juans, right? Up up Friday Harbor area. So this happened like 2005. And then he has re-released music officially around 2008, 2009. Okay, so, so, um, so you're from that. you're from the San Juan areas, and uh, is it Travis or Trevor? Um, uh, Trevor. Trevor, yeah. yeah. He's from Tacoma, and and you guys met at work down in Tacoma, correct? Oh yeah, okay. it was after I graduated high school, barely graduated and then uh, moved to good old Tacoma. What brought you down there? Uh, Just change of pace, get away from... Um, so my dad was doing um, military stuff in Tacoma. Oh, okay. And, so uh, oh, what's the name of that base there? Fort... 
Uh, McCord or whatever. Like, McCord Air Force Base. Yeah, there's yeah. Fort Lewis and then McCord. Yeah. So Dad was doing some some man army stuff. <laughs> yeah. And he had he had recently arrived back from Iraq. Um and he was leaving again. Okay. So, so you just stuck down yeah. at Tacoma and uh that's where you met Trevor at? Oh yeah. So how long had you guys oh, been yeah. kind of working together before you guys joined up and formed He Is We? So 2008 um, when you released your first album, right? Kind of that time frame? Yeah. So he and I, we started working together and then um, I told him the name that I had come up with because we had come from food. And I told him the name I came up with in high school. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we were just kind of BSing at work. And I don't know how we didn't get fired. We were just like, most of the huge things were written at work. So you guys just kind of jam around, and then you kind of uh, ended up coming. Was My Forever the first album you guys released? Um, Released, yeah. Okay. But the Macron record and then everything else was just kind of like accident released like MySpace days really. <laughs> I remember the MySpace days did you use the bots oh, yeah. to get started <laughs> I used to uh, I used to promote with those things I would uh, just send thousands of MySpace friend requests or whatever out via bot yeah, and wouldn't even care I, who it was going to we were not smart enough for that <laughs> at all. <laughs> well, so in but terms of so in terms of getting a band started, you know, back in two thousand eight, you know, MySpace was obviously a good channel, Facebook, things like that. How do you promote the band now? Like, what do you do? Um, you know, the social media landscape has changed a little bit. Obviously, MySpace is long gone. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but you know, luckily, you guys were able to get in early and and, and get some notoriety online from that. Uh, from what we could tell, it looks like you sort of still uh, gain a lot of success and a lot of attention through social media. Uh, what are your preferred channels, and and how do you do that? Ooh, I like Instagram. Yeah, a lot. Instagram. Yeah, it's funny. Good. That's like the one channel that I used to. I I love it because they can tag me. I can tag them. I can immediately see the the photos from the show or whatever, and um, oh, I'm sorry, I was up with my dog, <laughs> puppy, and my puppy is like doesn't know when to stop <laughs> pooping. Gotta love puppies. So, oh, he's perfect. What um, kind of dog is he? German Shepherd Golden oh. Retriever mix. Oh, I haven't seen a. Mix between yeah, that's those an interesting mix. I had a German Shepherd, and she was the bomb. So, um, <laughs> so after your first album uh, in 2010, uh, My Forever, how yeah. long did it take for um, for that to gain some traction and, and you guys to kind of... I mean, you played a sold-out show here in Salt Lake, and you're from... Seattle. I mean, it's yeah. got to be weird to come on the road and and have you know sold out venues and and you know screaming fans yeah. singing along with your stuff. How long did it take from like <laughs> 2010 till was it like four or five years before you were starting to get some traction behind it? Yeah. Or? Uh, it all happened really fast. Like everything happened so fast. Yeah. Um, so, like, by the time that My Forever was coming out, like, I Wouldn't Mind was already starting to, like, gain a lot of traction. And then All About Us, and then Happily Ever After, like, all of these songs just kind of came out of nowhere and attacked fans. So, it... Yeah, it just it happened really, really fast. Can you and identify? Can you identify like a moment somewhere along the way that was sort of a, uh, a pinnacle I don't know, moment? Yeah, a big yeah. break maybe. The thing that sort of took you from the the band jamming behind the uh, Ted Brown 
to, you know, finally playing yeah. your first show? Um, we went on tour with our buddies in a giant suburban. <laughs> and I remember, like, it was so ghetto, but it was like, it was my ghetto, and I loved <laughs> it. Um, and so we we ended up going on on tour, and I had never done a tour in my life. How many shows like, was that over, first, over. first tour? Was it? You know. Oh God! It was like huge shows on the West Coast. Um, but I remember the first time that someone looked at me and they were like, "You're from He Is We," and I responded back with, "Oh my God!" And I covered my face and then ran. <laughs> so that I think that was the moment that I was like, "Oh, people know me." This is, yeah, this is getting bigger than just like your dad being proud of you. Yeah, yeah. well, and that's got to be a cool feeling too. And I'm, I'm sure you get it a lot more now uh, as you're a lot more well known. Yeah. But uh, when you come into town and you actually see folks lining up for you and people who are, are grateful to see you, that's got to be a kind of a surreal feeling. Oh yeah. Pretty, uh, I can't stop <laughs> I just feel so relaxed with you guys. I'm sorry. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> no worries. Oh. So, okay. So from your but, first tour in the back of the Suburban, yeah. uh, you guys yeah. obviously gain a little traction and a little steam while you're out on the road. Where to from there? Uh, I mean, have you had a moment in your career where you were, I don't know, discovered by the, the big celebrity or put on the exciting new tour? Is there uh, some highlight that you can point to that sort of transitioned you from maybe being, uh, I don't know, garage band or a small band to, uh, you know, a different level of success than you were used to? Um, I went, okay. So this is between us and Hulu. <laughs> okay. Um, we're all I, friends here. <laughs> I remember uh, being on tour and it was very, very early on. And the Justin Bieber movie came out. Okay. <laughs> and, and I got my guys and I all free tickets um, because I convinced the movie theater that we were a much bigger deal than we were. <laughs> and then we show up to the movie and we're like, oh my God, we freaking got in. We got in. We're a bunch of liars. <laughs> and we sat in the theater by ourselves and our song came on in the theater the, in the theater oh that had to be weird and i remember looking and being like oh my god they know like they know that we lied they're just playing it to make fun and, of you yeah they're teaching us a freaking lesson and it ended up being like we were a featured artist. So <laughs> that has to be so surreal. Justin Just... Bieber. <laughs> oh funny. yeah, it was insane. I was like, I was in the bathroom, and I remember because it it was like, and this is new music by He Is We, and oh, I am like mid bathroom break, and I <laughs> jump up and I sprint out to my guys and the first thing that one of them asked me was did I wash my hands <laughs> I, yelled at I was like are you high like listen it's just us and then we just like we had a moment of I think we chanted Bieber <laughs> <laughs> so I think if I'm if I'm not being too presumptuous <laughs> or reading through the lines here I guess Justin Bieber is to thank for your success Justin Bieber is always to thank. <laughs> yeah, no, that does it's have to be a cool moment, though, to, to hear your music featured someplace or like the first time you heard it on the radio, maybe. Uh, oh, yeah, it seems the like the weirdest feeling ever. Yeah, it seems like those moments have to be really cool, but they also have to be really, I don't know, affirming, you know, like, hey, you know, we thought we were good and this sort of proves it. It was, well, it was strange because I just kept thinking, oh my God. 
we tricked all these people into thinking <laughs> that, like, we deserve to be on the radio. <laughs> like, that's all I kept thinking. I was like, what happens when they find out that we're not famous? What happens? Like, they're going to take us off the radio. <laughs> so, like, that's, that's generally what I think. Each time that a new song of his where he is, like, featured somewhere or something like that, like my brain immediately goes to like that guy that farts in an elevator. <laughs> like, please don't tell him. Please don't tell him. Please don't tell him. Like, <laughs> like they don't know. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Not, so, what what time cool. frame was this? Yeah. Was this like a few years after that first album, or like is this kind of you know down the road a ways? The, the when Justin you heard, Bieber thing. Yeah, the Justin Bieber thing. Oh, that was, like, all within a few weeks. Um, like, really? Releasing, yeah. Wow. It happened so fast. So were you with, an out, uh, like, a record label at the time, or was this all yeah, independent? this was okay. with Universal Motown. Oh, okay. Nice. And then, I, yeah, and then ended up being Universal Republic. Uh, is that the same label you've been with since day one, or have you guys kind of... Um, we've done a lot of like jumping around, but he is, we have stayed on Universal and now we're doing this independently, which I'm stoked on. Well, yeah. So talk to us a little bit about that. The difference between label and independent. I think a lot of people, you know, anybody that's paid attention to the music and uh, business has seen that it's evolved a lot over yeah. time. And, you know, the, maybe the importance of the major label isn't as quite as big as it once was. Um, talk about since yeah. you've sort of seen both sides. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, the differences. You know what what you found in major label support versus indie label support, and just how that works. Uh, you know for your band specifically. Um, I would say the okay. So a label is essentially a bank. Like they they will fund everything, and unfortunately, like. They want Nowadays, you to pay it back. Oh, my word. And not only do you pay it back, but, like, you pay it back with your firstborn. Like, it is intense. So you end up in a situation where it's like, oh, you know, and after you recoup, you can get, you know, this amount of money, that amount of money. But the way that it's structured, you generally don't recoup. So you end up just, never making any money off of it any money yeah Yeah. right so i guess then uh, and this is maybe one of the big benefits of the indie labels right is i feel like the deals are maybe structured Mm -hmm. a little better for the artist yeah is that that's your experience too yeah it's less of a a bank situation and more like a family friend who loaned you money there you go (laughs) it's yeah it's, it's a very different uh relationship for sure so this um, this ep the, hold my heart is a hundred percent on your own kind of indie yeah it, there's no label at all it's completely independent did you do the recording yourself did you go through a studio and work with someone or i uh, went through went through a studio um in cincinnati oh. uh, and it was Middle name, middle name, but it was it was super fun. Well, that's got to be fun. Um, I listened yeah, to it was uh, different. Yeah, I listened to like Dear Adam and uh, Every Other Man and a few other one of the tracks today, and I really uh, oh. it, it was really well produced and uh, I, a little different from nice. some of the other stuff I've heard. The, the last time I saw you was just a uh, you and an acoustic guitar, and this had a full band, yeah. which was kind of fun. So. Yeah. Are you going to be touring yeah. with the full band on this upcoming tour? Or is it just uh, yes? Okay, yeah, that's cool. And I'm super stoked because I'm going to play pretty much any song. That's great. So, will you on this coming tour? Uh, you know, we we sort of teased it at the beginning of the tour, but it starts in Seattle, and uh, you actually come back through Salt Lake City in July, which is kind of exciting. We'll have to get out and catch you. Yeah. Um, but. 
can you talk a little bit about what you're doing to prepare for this tour? So you're taking out a whole band, which I guess means you need to, you know, arrange the the setup a little different, travel situation, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, um, I'm super stoked. I get to grab my passport <laughs> for yeah. this. Um, a lot of it is like vocally getting ready and um, emotionally getting ready to to meet so many different kinds of people because yeah. a lot of people kind of forget that part where, you know, I'm, I'm a sensitive human. And so when I'm going and I'm meeting people from all different walks of life, um, I mean, that energy, it reaches me, it touches me and I absorb it. Like it's, the, the energy is what really either feeds me or depletes me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's like, you know, I'll do vocal warm ups. I'll, um, financially everything will be set, but nothing can really get me ready for the emotional roller coaster I'm about to go on. Yeah. That, that's got to so, be a tricky aspect to. Oh, yeah. It's it's super intense. And so I've kind of developed this system where um, I at least have one person in the vehicle that, like, I can talk to about absolutely everything. Just a really um, close friend that you're always there with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That I can kind of bounce stuff off of and um, kind of check myself. You know, I'll ask, you know, what? Did I snap? Did I, <laughs> did I seem, you know, this way or that way? And, you know, I will go to this person to, to kind of, yeah, to, to keep me in check if I'm emotionally just exhausted. Well I, well, I think that's really smart and also really self-aware. You know, I think a lot of people... Uh, you know, rock stars and musicians are sort of given a pass to behave however they feel like behaving or uh, whatever uh, on the road, especially. Yeah. And uh, so for you to be so introspective seems kind of, I don't know, like a departure. <laughs> like it's actually kind of refreshing, oh. you know, to know that you really do care, you know, that you've done a well, good show I, and that you care about the way you treated the fans or, or whomever you come absolutely. across. Absolutely. I think that that's really, really good. You know, I can't tell you the number of venues we went through where the promoter would yeah. come to us and be like, hey, God, you wouldn't believe what the guy last night did, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Right. Like, it's, uh, I don't know, Man. kind of refreshing to hear that from you. Well, and the thing is, though, is it came with, you know, I, I had to learn that I can't do stuff by myself. I don't learn that the hard way. Well, so, so, you know, I had to biff it a few times. I, so I'm a, I'm a DJ and I, I do some shows here and there and, and I never really, mm -hmm. to me being a DJ, it's like playing around in my bedroom, just throwing songs in here and there, no big deal. And then all of a sudden I'm in front of people and mm -hmm. I never really realized that people were watching what I was doing until there was this, mm -hmm. I, uh, I showed up to work one day at this venue that I um, used to work at, and the owner tells me that they're closing the venue that day and and that I have to get all my gear out and all this crap. And so I was in this bad mood to start with, and this girl came up yeah. with a, a request, and she had the request list, and I took it from her, and I threw it across the room. And uh, wow. I was just like, I was just in a bad headspace. I just found out I'm losing my job. I still had to work that night. And I didn't really mm -hmm. think about it, uh, you know, the effect of, you know, what my actions of throwing the request list across the room would have on this girl, let alone anyone else that was there. And six months later, yeah. I'm at this venue in Anacortes at the Brown Lantern. I don't know if you've ever been there, but uh, mm -hmm. uh, I was there and this kid came up and he's like, dude, I saw you six months ago. It was the most epic thing ever. You took this request list and threw it across the room. It was amazing. And I was oh and, my God. and me, I never thought of it like, holy crap, there's other people watching what I'm doing. I can't do stuff like this, yeah. you know, and it, and it's it was a real eye opener for me. Like, you know, like you, you can't just be the asshole you want to be. <laughs> you can't just be shitty. Mike. Yeah. Uh, 
So, I mean, it, it's little, little experiences like that that, you, you know, it's kind of like you learn as you go. And it's hard to, to sit mm-hmm. back and think, like, of all the stuff we messed up on and all the stuff, you know, like. It, mm-hmm. so it's, Well, and I think what Rachel just said a minute ago is, is really the key, right? That she had gone out, biffed it a few times, but then learned from the experience. I think so many people oh, nowadays, yeah. you know, biff it and either won't admit that that was, you know, that they had, you know, eaten crap that night or they, mm-hmm. you know, won't take anything from that experience. You know, like in in Mike's example here, you know, it might have taken him six months to make that realization. But when he did, it for sure mm-hmm. changed the way he interacted with his, his uh, you know, I don't know what they're called, fans or people watching him perform. Well, and, I mean, and I'm sure mm-hmm. in, in your case, Rachel, it's the same. You know, the, the way you treat a promoter, the way you treat a radio guy, the way you treat, a, oh, uh, yeah. you know, somebody at the venue, a fan, you know, somebody who's come to see you or whatever. The way that you manage people's feelings, you know, in addition to managing your own and taking care of yourself has got to be, you know, quite it's the tightrope to walk. Because you you have to really, like, you pull in the reins as far as, like, um, you're making sure everyone everyone around you is emotionally okay. Um, but then on top of it, you're also combating whatever rumors might be out there. Yeah. You're combating, um, you know, what it is that may be uh, being said about you. So you have to not only control the people that are like directly in front of you that are having an emotional response, but then you're also combating the people that you see on Twitter yeah. or Instagram. Do you, do you just kind of tune that out now? I mean, because there's got to be a yeah. point where you get to it and it's just... Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to live my life as like an angry person so i have to kind of do like it's like selective hearing yeah. you know well yeah because you don't want to miss the positive living. statements either you know i mean and, and yeah. a place like twitter would be a good place for a fan to reach out to you or something and uh so you don't want to miss yeah. their positivity but it is hard when you have to wade through you know people who are just being assholes also so oh yeah well and i had to tell i had to tell a couple fans um you know they were like yeah i you know, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, but, you know, I messaged you and this and that. And the thing is, is it's like I have to tell them, hey, when I'm on tour, I don't read anything because I just want to meet you guys and to spend time with you. And I don't want anything to mess it up. Like, I would rather be in the here and the now rather than um, focusing on... I don't know. Yeah, like, whatever I, went on in the past. Not, well, and I think, yeah, you know, I one dynamic, too, that a lot of fans it. don't have a good understanding for or are very sympathetic for is the sort of the relationship within the band, too. You know, you're almost like siblings when you're on the road and living in an RV or whatever together. And, uh, you know, so you've got all these different personalities that you're dealing with before you even get to the fans. And, you know, they may have read that shitty Twitter Twitter comment or whatever, and they might be experiencing it one way. And so you're trying to manage their feelings, your own feelings, all that before you even set stage. And now it's on you to entertain the people. And so it makes me want to punch myself. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's 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 a lot and it's it's sad. But, you know, I've had the talk with, um, you know, the people I love and the people that love me about how I understand why people get into, you know, the, the drugs and the, the crazy scene. And I mean, when you live a life that is, it's pretty easy to become delusional. You know, it's not, drugs aren't that far fetched. Like you, you look at it and it's like you live a life where people kind of convince you that you're invincible, you know, nothing nothing can touch what you're doing in this life. Well, and then it's further reinforced too by the fans who've come to see you and you're the special person up on a platform. And, uh, you know, it's, it's it's difficult to kind of keep it real, I guess, you know, because it it can easily go to your head. Well, and that's why I just don't like, I won't allow my guys on the road and stuff. We don't mess with alcohol or anything like that. Um, that's probably because it's it's really it's not worth it, man. So one thing uh, I've noticed is whenever I have like those dark moments, the ones that you know you look back on and you're like, "What the hell did I just do?" or, or "Why did I do this?" Yeah. or whatever, it's usually alcohol yeah. related. 
and I've oh, I've kind God. of come to the realization that it's just not worth it anymore. You know, it's not worth the yeah, the man. hangover. It's not worth the the hearing about it later. It's not worth the you know. Yeah, you know, I I'd mean, I'd rather not have to explain myself. Oh my God, it's fun at the time, you know, <laughs> but it, it, but when yeah. you, yeah, but the consequences generally uh, yeah. outweigh the fun time. So, um, yeah, I'd rather not. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's good. And especially because, I mean, I have to imagine, and Rachel, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I would guess that your demo, like the, the people who sort of are the biggest fans of He Is We, uh, are probably younger kids. Um, you know, I mean, we saw at the, the show in Salt Lake, and granted, our, our experience with you was limited. But, um, yeah. you know, a lot of the fans were were younger. This The show here in Salt Lake, anyway, was at an all-ages venue. And, uh, you know, it's difficult in the music business to find somebody who would actually make a decent role model. But a lot of these kids do look up to musicians and their favorite bands and things like that. And for you guys to have sort of mm -hmm. a stance on drug and alcohol use where you don't let that be sort of part of your persona, uh, which is yeah, so common now, I think is, you know, really encouraging or really positive for younger, younger mm -hmm. people who are still sort of trying to find their own voice or find their own way. And, uh, you know, maybe listening to your music. What was that? I'm sorry. Is that what I thought? Like, because we have a freakishly decent, great following in Salt Lake. <laughs> and I've been trying to figure out why. You know, I don't know I what don't it is. Um, my experience in Salt Lake, because the bands that we used to tour with um, mm -hmm. all played through here and all had great success in Salt Lake, too. Um, I think part of it is that this is the nearest large market for a lot of, well, large-ish market for a lot of uh, cities in this region. And so I think a lot of fans come in from different places. So like when I was a kid, I used to drive from Idaho into Utah uh, oh. for concerts and stuff all the time. You know, there's a pretty you know good uh, number of people here in this valley. But in sort of the surrounding states, there's not a lot of big cities. You know, maybe the next biggest is like Boise and it's five hours away, six hours away. Vegas is six hours away. You know, so so if you want to go to a concert and you want to see your favorite band, you know, odds are if you live anywhere in this sort of region, uh, you're coming to Salt Lake to see it. And I think that the type of fan that might come to, you know, drive two and a half hours to come see you is likely going to be a little bit more dedicated than your guy in L.A. who is inundated with millions of, fan, you know, bands coming through all the time. You know, and so and I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I obviously don't have any science on this, but that's what I've always sort of assumed was is what's going on here cool. in Salt Lake. Because people here are just hardcore. They're into their into their music. They're into their bands and stuff and and uh, generally come out and support pretty well. But I think that's what it is, is that it's, you know, sort of a large city surrounded by lots of little cities. So I should move there. <laughs> well, I will tell you this much. I mean, we, we moved down here from Idaho six years ago. And what I've found mm -hmm. is that being in Salt Lake City, I can get to any city in the West in about an hour and a half by air. And I can fly direct to Europe. I can fly direct to New York. I can fly direct to Miami. All that what? stuff right from here in sunny Salt Lake City. Yeah. And you so, should be a yeah, right. <laughs> well, these are the Salt things Lake that I've found. I, I mean, I'm sure you don't know anything about me, but I, I run an advertising agency. I work in marketing and advertising. And, uh, you know, so that's important for me. I mean, our, our, we run an agency that we have an office in Barcelona and we're based here in Salt Lake. And we what? go to all the cities in the West, you know, with some regularity, you know, in search of business or going on pitches and things like that. Yeah. And so but like I can literally set a meeting for later this afternoon in L.A. and be there. You know what I mean? What so it's heck? pretty. Are you hiring? Yeah, right. <laughs> what well, it's pretty heck? slick, though. And so, I mean, you joke about moving here, but, I, you know, in terms of conquering the West, it's not a bad central location. That is dope. I'm going to have to talk to my dog about it. Yeah, see, see if he's cool with it. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, your dog might be into it, you know, with all the mountains and the trails and all the hiking and outdoor <laughs> crap here. Bear. See, his it's perfect. Fit bear. right in. It's, it's like it's meant he to be. Mountain. So, <laughs> so being from the the San Juans, I'm not trying to change yeah. change it up. Do you, did you ever play with or know the guys in the Lonely Forest? Oh yeah, I thought I was going to marry John. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I was like convinced. I've never he, actually seen him play. Every time they oh, they come to Anacortes, it's a sold out show. Though it's it's crazy. So. Yeah, no, they're they're brilliant. John's one of the the greatest like songwriter storytellers like 
forever. He's brilliant. Have really you ever brilliant. jammed with him at so all or just live. just seen him? Oh, yeah. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, I would love if our voices made a baby. <laughs> I love his, his voice is pretty phenomenal. Well, so pretty speaking phenomenal. of, speaking of interesting or uh, songwriters that you admire, are there any musical influences that you can point to that might have steered you uh, in the direction you've gone? Any, uh, any insp- inspiration out there? I mean, I... I listen to a lot of weird stuff, man. Um, <laughs> well, we we were listening to an interview I, of yours earlier, and you said that one of your things that would be awesome would be like a fly on the wall on the NWA's recording sessions. And I didn't, oh I didn't God. see you yeah. being into NWA and and I can't even talk NWA. I can't NWA. even say NWA. I was trying to say. Yeah, I I wouldn't oh, see you yeah. being into that. You know, it doesn't seem like your your thing. <laughs> That's hilarious to me because it, I mean, if you were to get into my car right this second, you would hear some of the most foul and heinous <laughs> music, uh, like um, disgusting. Just it, it's bad. <laughs> Cardi um, B on repeat. <laughs> I'm serious. I have Cardi B. I have a, a mix called Dentist Mix because when I'm at the dentist. <laughs> Like, I have to listen to music or else I assume they're drilling into my head. Like, I freak (laughs) out. So I created a mix, and it's Cardi B, Kevin Gates, (laughs) The Game, Lil Wayne. like All the stuff you want to say while he's drilling into your tooth and you just can't? I guess, (laughs) man. Like, it just makes me feel hard. Like, I feel, (laughs) I don't know. I watch a lot of, like, Lock Up Raw you know, a lot of prison shows. Yeah. And so Living I vicariously through the, gang- the gangsters. Yeah, man. I, it's, it's hard out here. Should we expect a new hip-hop album coming up next? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, what's funny is, I, I mean, I did prank an old manager. Um, <laughs> I, I produced a track, and then I rapped and sang the hook. And, I, <laughs> and this is our new single, Let's Go With know. It. <laughs> just as yeah, a joke. Yeah, I was just like, hey. I was like, you know, he is, we've taken a, a different, it's taken a turn. You know, I'm still going to be storytelling, but. In a different way. <laughs> cool now we're talking about our time growing up in the hood. Voice. Oh, yeah. Oh, how I mean, funny. the streets of the San Juans are very. <laughs> They're hard. Yeah, yeah nobody realized you. how sketchy it was over there, but. Well, you did spend some time in Tacoma, in so, I mean, you're good. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, you've got uh, some street cred. Tacoma. Dude, to Compton. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what part of Tacoma are you in? Uh so there's the Tacoma Mall. Yeah. And then there's where I lived. So I lived between the Tacoma Mall and Pac Ave. Okay, I, so know I that's lived that. between it's a it's a neighborhood, unfortunately, where there's like a biker bar, and then there's the kind of the line where the the gangs. Right there, yeah. Yeah. See, so don't and let anyone where, tell you you don't have the street cred. Well, I I oh, used to do. I a, definitely, I do. <laughs> I definitely do have it. I mean, you don't you don't see guns and not freak out until. Well, first of all, my parents were law enforcement growing up. But, like, I remember having a dude, like, I've been held up at gunpoint a couple times. Really? <laughs> so, yeah, man. Wow. Like, it's it's really, it's funny, but, like, people don't realize, like, I've been punched in the face. I've punched <laughs> in the face. Like, I, I used to get into a bunch of fights and stuff. Wow. Um, yeah, Tacoma was the, the first time I'd ever seen a dude get... Like I mean, really stabbed bad, like messed up. It, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, like um, I, I lived in Hilltop for a little bit, right? Uh, oh, literally yeah. looking on the bay in Tacoma, and I can't remember what street it was on, but um, yeah, it was like uh, oh, what's it? The Swiss? Do you know where the Swiss is? The it's a music venue yeah. there. I was like, yeah. 
two and a half blocks up from there. So it wasn't that far from oh. there. Yeah. So oh. pretty crazy. Uh, anyways, you know what's up. <laughs> yeah, Tacoma's it, it's got its parts. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, just talking about switching venues and street cred. Uh, when we were doing research for this, uh, and and feel free to if you don't want to talk about this, let me know. But she, uh, you you created an album or you put out a solo project called She Is We, and you made this album called War. Yeah. And I have to tell you, I love it. First of all, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And so, but it was, it's a complete departure from the he is we stuff. I wondered if you could talk oh, a little yeah. bit about what motivated you to do that solo album. And, uh, yeah. And yeah. I mean, I, I didn't realize that he is, we, I could still use the name. So on your own. So you kind of did your own thing. Thinking yeah. You so couldn't. when I was being told, yeah, I was being told like, you know, you'll never get he is we and you know keep trying blah 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 like it kind of turned into like if you could take the middle finger and put it in a bold font (laughs) throw some glitter at it like light it on fire like that was what i was doing so um because for me, it was like, all right, I can't have he is we. Like, because the label it. had it signed, right? And that's why you changed it to um, she is we, just to... It, it was actually because of Trevor. Um, Trevor wouldn't allow me to record under the name he is we. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's pretty common in the music business. You know, when you enter into a partnership, somebody can hold on to it or whatever. But what's funny is he and I never actually signed for a partnership. Oh, and interesting. I didn't know that. Oh, (laughs) well, I've got to tell you, though, like sort of in the context of, you know, society right now, you know, a title like or a name like she is we and then the title of the album is war. I mean, it seems like really woman power, like kind of strong, you know, I mean, it's a it's a cool thing. You know, I mean, it's I really enjoyed the music on it for one, but it is edgy. It is kind of, you you know, woman powery. And so uh, well, it's funny because I'm not. Like, I I had zero intention of it being woman powery. It was more of a like I can't use he as we. Well, I'm a girl, and if we just put an S in front of that bad boy, <laughs> problem good solved. Now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I just love it, Word. and I would I would encourage people to go check Thank it out. Um, it is a edgier side of uh, of Rachel than you get in a lot of the he as we stuff. And, uh, but speaking about he is we stuff, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the new album. Um, you know, the, the latest release, you know, if you were trying to explain the band or this new album to somebody who's never heard you before, how would you describe the the type of music, the, and the album itself, sort of the inspiration behind the album? Um, the EP? Yeah. Yeah. The new EP, sorry. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like a, how do I explain it? It's so hard to explain. It's all the things I didn't say that I wish I had. Like in the first few albums, you just kind of, everything you wish you could say, you just put out in the CP. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all the stuff that happened while I was busy touring. Like these are the emotions that I had to go through and I never got a chance to actually like, experience them digest them and then let them go right so the the title i guess hold my heart maybe is leaning or sort of suggesting that that these are are emotions that you know you were sort of fighting with and uh and this was finally your excuse to put them out it's for and yeah holding my heart was it's what i used to ask the fans to do like when i was on tour if i was nervous on stage I would actually like verbally ask them to hold my heart. Like that was how I was like, Oh my goodness, I need to be careful. Like I'm starting to get anxiety. Like, all right, everyone hold my heart. <laughs> like it was just something that I had said. And then it kind of became this like mantra. Yeah. Sort of the, the yeah, a mantra of sorts where like, instead of asking people like, Hey, would you pray for me? Or, yeah. Hey, do you want to grab coffee and talk? <laughs> it was very much like, 
like I would much rather you have the hands to hold my heart. I'd rather find the hands to hold my heart. Yeah, and, I like that. And I think that's a, a nice metaphor for sort of, I don't know, talking about emotional struggle and trying to work through a situation or something and, and having the support of others to get through it. I think it's a, oh, a really smart yeah. title. So, um, well, when you're shaking, you, you want hands that are steady. Yeah. So do you still have a, a, a kind of an, an issue with just performing in general? Do you still get nervous to the point where it kind of almost debilitative at times or is it more? Um, it's, it's usually after I perform. So it's really funny on stage. It's like when I get that microphone, that stage is no one can hurt me. Yeah. It's, afterwards when I'm actually meeting everyone and I'm at the merch table and like suddenly everyone's staring at me and I'm staring at them like well now you're the center of attention and everyone wants the photo oh, and everyone wants this and every that's got to be uh, weird like terrifying so <laughs> I don't know if it's the fact that we're doing this podcast or if we're doing you know or if something's changing on my end but last show I did um I had a chick sitting there with her phone and recording me and I've never had that happen before. And it just weirded me out. And, and I'm, I'm just <laughs> playing someone else's tunes. I'm not even playing a guitar or anything. You know, it's like she's sitting there holding her phone up for three minutes of me just playing someone else's music. And I, I don't know what to do. I, I've waved a few times and like, you know, <laughs> and it's just the weirdest oh, thing. Yeah. I could, I couldn't even imagine oh, having a hundred people in line wanting to take a photo of me. You know, like, or it's weird. It's got to be weird. So it's. I mean, I remember the first time I was recognized in a mall. I (laughs) I know her. (laughs) I ran like, and I remember the friend I was with, like, like you need to go back, and I was like, hell no, no, I don't, nope, (laughs) like I am freaking good. So and it's only it's only back. after <laughs> you're done on stage that you start getting nervous. Do you get the pre-show yeah. jitters at all, or is it just uh, no? Huh? No. Yeah. Before no. Before the show, like yeah, it's I've, very much like if we mess up, who cares? Uh, we mess up. <laughs> like, and I will on stage. I'll say, like, there it is, everyone. Like, we're human. Yeah. I, I always like if, if I do something where the music stops, I always get on the mic and that's what happens when I hit the wrong button. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, there's something, yeah. I mean, I've, I've met other musicians and other singers who, who sort of experience what you do. I think a little bit of it is, you know, it's kind of go time when it's time to get on stage, you're there to do a job. These people are depending on you and you are able to rise to the occasion. But when it's over with and you have a minute to think about what just happened, it's kind of the uh, the shock or the surprise or the you know whatever emotions you were able to suspend when you got on stage, uh, yeah. you know then come rushing back and uh, so uh, I, I love this uh, hold my heart idea. That's kind of a, a fun fun way of dealing with that. So is there a reason you only did the the EP versus a full length, or is it just something you had a few songs you wanted to get out real quick and just you know? Um. I think it's the process, you know, it's kind of dipping my toes back in. This was really emotional um, because he is, we hasn't released anything in a very long time, like like, new stuff as far as new. Um, So it, it was really emotional. The idea of, you know, I didn't think I would be able to do that ever again. That's cool. You know, he has reset ever again. So I wanted I wanted to start with the EP, kind of like reintroduce myself, um, because I it, it's not that I went anywhere, but I certainly took a journey along the way. Yeah. Um, so the singles are "All I Need" and "Every Other Man." Can you talk a little bit about either one? Uh, sort of the inspiration behind it, or or what led you to write those songs? Yeah. Um, so. All I need is essentially a PowerPoint presentation on how to marry me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Take notes. It's a, that's, it's pretty. Just play in a band called Lonely Forest. Oh, right. 
<laughs> I mean, that's it's a, a sh- it's a short start, song, man. really short song. So, <laughs> it's so short, it's perfect. And, yeah. but that's that's essentially what it is. Is it's like I don't know. I kind of looked at online dating, and I was just mortified at how easy it was to create a list for yourself of like, "Hi, I'm Rachel." I'm allergic to gluten. My <laughs> parents are safe. And well, it, so am I. Like it's almost <laughs> like you're selling a used car, but it's you, and you're like trying yeah. to. You're, you're kicking the tires, looking for the car. positive stuff instead of all the dents and yeah. the bad. Trying crap. to convince people. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm a lemon with nice interior. <laughs> like that's me. Yeah. <laughs> and so there, I mean, therein lies freaking all I need um which was I mean my if I ever have the opportunity to do a key change in a song I'm gonna do it and <laughs> I did it in all I need and it felt amazing that's cool so all I need is it's a fun one um every other man however is my favorite one what's up um, you're just it, calling everyone out. It's yeah. It's my my heart finally was. It went from like angry and, and hurt to hurt and like confused and kind of caught me talking through it. Um. Yeah, that song kind of it. It's the in-between, um, that that moment where you go from, like, angry to sad to healed. And that little point between sad and healed is where I was. So have, you, was, have you found when you write, ahead. is this sort of part of your normal writing process? The uh, ability to sort of tap into your emotions and really sort of speak... Uh, from where you're at in that moment. I uh, have to. I think that that authenticity uh, that sort of comes naturally when you do that really mm-hmm. helps some of these songs, you know, sing, you know, for lack of a better oh, word. Oh, I can't, I, I can't imagine doing it any other way. I, I don't understand where the healing comes if you're not doing that. So is, is so. Dear Adam really Dear Steve, but you changed the name? Or, you know what I mean? Like, are you writing about someone specifically in that song and you just kind of, you know. Yes, dear John. I am. Um, it's, I mean, my dad wanted me to change the name to Dear You, but I, I liked how direct the name was. Oh, so Adam's the actual dude. Yes. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, so, there's this one yeah. of those moments, you know, where you never really know who it is, you know, who's, in, who's, I so mean, vain. it's, it's to an actual dude. Yes. Okay. Um, but it's, it's a huge apology. Like, I couldn't write a letter. I couldn't, um, do it the old school way. So I decided to do it the do only it way song. that I knew how. Well, I mean, that's that's so cool to me um, because, believe me, I have a few dear someones that I'd like to, <laughs> you well, know, appara- put apparently, out there. Yeah. Well, apparently yeah. the new new school way of telling them you're sorry is in song. Well, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll start making notes and get my three chord progressions figured out. <laughs> it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty intense, but then after it's done, there's this, like, breath of relief that came over me and I was like, Oh my God, I did it. Yeah. I like I made amends with myself in this situation. Yeah. I've got to admit that the, uh, the sort of catharsis that you're experiencing from writing these songs and really tapping into your emotion. I mean, for me, it's super impressive. Like I think that's a really healthy way of dealing with an emotion and really just kind of putting a pin Thank in you. it and being done. You know, I've, I had yeah. this problem. It was weighing on me, but I verbalized it. I got it out and now I can move past it. I think that's a, yeah. a really cool thing to, to be able to do with your music. And like I said before, it just, I think it really lends to the authenticity of things. So have thank you, pl- you very much. Have you played any of these songs out? Have you like, uh, it's 
brand new release. Have you been able to perform any of them for for people yet? Um, on tour, I was able to play "All I Need Is a Broken Man" nice. live. Were you getting good and response it, and reception out of it? Yeah, it's really interesting. People started to learn the song "All I Need" really quickly. Like by the second chorus, they were singing. That's it was awesome! Amazing. That's got to be cool. Um. But every other man, it it was pretty phenomenal because we would be in these venues and people would be, you know, talking and yelling and having their own, you know, they're carrying on. And then every other man, there would be complete silence. Just listening to the words. And, just. And that was, as a songwriter, that's that, like, proud mommy moment. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. Like, they want to hear the stories. They want to hear the words. And it's, yeah. It's do, you, cool. do you have that one song that you can just stop singing the chorus or the verse and they'll sing every word that you're not singing? Is there one in your album um, that stands out? Is there one? What do you mean? That's already been released well, or in your whole catalog. One that one song in particular that, like, if you start singing it and you stop, they'll continue. Is there because um, happily ever after? I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind is like the big one. Um, all about us. Blame it on the rain. That one is a fun one. That's cool. That's awesome. Well, hey, I want to ask you uh, one one more thing before we wrap up here. Um, Any big plans for this coming tour? Uh, What are you looking most forward to? Any any firsts coming up? Have you ever been to the UK before? Um, Never for He Is We Stuff. Never have I ever been to Europe for He Is We Stuff. So this is going to be horrific and fun. Um, As far as first and stuff like that go, um, I'm really excited to come up with the uh, full band live show. That so would be fun. Probably going to do some fun, weird little surprises throughout um, the performance. That so I'm excited to to start picking their brains and to um, start creating my vision. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, and I guess you're rehearsing now, right? This thing kicks off here pretty quick. Yeah, so we're creating everything now. The songs are being learned and met. Okay, and your first show is June 1st in Seattle is where this tour kicks off. Um, Rachel, where is the best spot for for fans and listeners of this show and everything to catch up with you guys online so they can sort of follow along with the tour and everything else that's coming up? Oh, friggin' Facebook and Instagram. Like, find me. Well, on and Instagram, I, yeah, I know that. Like, I follow me. you on Instagram, and uh, and I saw some of the recording sessions uh, when you were out doing that, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, you're good about uh, live broadcasting and, and putting things out on Facebook and stuff. It's a lot of fun to to sort of follow along. Uh, your your Facebook is forward slash he is we underscore official. So yeah, yeah. and we'll make sure that all that stuff ends up in the show notes as well. Um, so any last things, Rachel, parting shots, anything else you'd like to say before we let you go? No, you guys rock. And I hope to get my Salt Lake City mug when I'm there. All right. Well, maybe we'll bring it to you. So cool. Well, sounds great. So everybody, uh, again, the band is He Is We. The uh, new EP dropped April 10th is called Hold My Heart uh, with the new singles, All I Need and Every Other Man, as well as a bunch of other great stuff. Uh, our guest, Rachel Taylor, is you know awesome. Go check her out. Uh, you can see a lot of her music all over the place. And, uh, and yeah, uh, you can find the, the album anywhere I, uh, music is sold. It's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. It's in uh, all the usual suspects. And uh, be sure to check her out on Facebook and follow the band as they get ready for this big tour. So, yeah, with that, well, thanks so much, Rachel, again, for taking some time to, to visit with us. Yeah. Uh, it's been a lot of fun talking with you. Yeah, thank you. And uh, we look thank forward to catching so up with you again on the road.